All right. <laughs> Those guys, how do you follow that? I mean, bye, son. That's so nice to see you this morning. My name is Jeff Bianchi, and I'm the family's pastor here at All People's Church. I love me some All People's Church, I tell you. My wife, uh, Sarah, and I have four children. Jude is uh, nine years old. Jake is seven. Liv is four, and Lux is three. And uh, so I am uh, all there in with you, whoever you are, as families uh, in this church. And um, it's an honor and a privilege to be here at All People's Church and to be able to share with you a bit today. Uh, well, this is not going to be as good as uh, the Father's Day jokes, but a uh, 16-year-old boy had just gotten his permit. And he went up to his father and he said, Dad, I wanted to talk to you about when I'm going to be able to use the family car. And the dad said, well, son, uh, let's hold on that for a little bit. I want you to take a month or so. I want you to bring your grades up. I want you to study your Bible a bit. And uh, I want you to get your hair cut. And then you, you'll be able to use the family car. And so about a month later, the boy comes. They go back to the father's office. And uh, the dad says to his son, he says, son, You've done, a, you've done a really good job. You've uh, brought your grades up. You have uh, also uh, studied your Bible a bit, but you haven't cut your hair. And the son said, well, you know, um, I was thinking about it, and Elijah has long hair, and Samson had long hair, a lot of these guys, and even it said, you know, Jesus had long hair. And the father looked at the son, and he said, yes, and these men walked everywhere they went as well. <laughs> All right. My father passed away last year, uh, a little over a year ago, of Parkinson's cruel, cruel disease. Uh, but he was, uh, uh, he was a wonderful man, um, Ted Bianchi. I honor him today. Uh, he was an example in many ways of God the Father to me. He was faithful to my mother. She, uh, he and my mom were married 57 years they got married uh, when uh, he was 20 and she was 19, and uh, were, were married for a long time there. And uh, he also faithfully provided for our family, and he was a real man of integrity. Um, he, he was uh, an interesting man. But one thing about my father, no, he's fantastic. I love him. I actually, there's pain in my heart today thinking about him being gone. But he was, however, by no means perfect. Um, he did not have a good relationship with his father, and uh, as a result of that, he was really angry, and he was explosive in my earlier years. It, uh, you know, I don't know that I realized it at the time, but it profoundly affected the way I looked at God over the years to come. Uh, it really affected the way that I viewed God as angry and uh, quick to temper, and um, it, it also affected everything about the way I approached approach life really uh, unbeknownst to me. Uh, it affected me for decades on end. And, um, you know, no matter how perfect or not your father was, we all have a bit of a, uh, of a distorted view, an imperfect and distorted view of what a true father is like. It's actually more than we think. You know what deception is, right? You don't know you're deceived. <laughs> you know, deception at times is something that, that you don't realize that 
that can be affecting you. Now, uh, we're all a bit self-deceived about how we've been affected by things in the past. Sometimes we're overly blaming it on uh, others, having a victimization mentality, and sometimes uh, we just aren't aware of anything. You know, for many years I said, don't give me that my dad issue thing, you know? I don't have issues with my dad. Well, whatever's happened in our life, we all have an incomplete view. But I want to suggest to you today, whether you've known the Lord for one day or whether you've known the Lord for 50 years, that understanding God's, Father God's character, understanding Father God's character is essential to your spiritual health. It has everything to do with the way that you're going to walk your life out. And I pray today you give a revelation of his goodness. How do we have God as our Father? It's through Jesus Christ. Anybody excited about Jesus here today? Come on, give me something better than that. Anybody out there? Excited about Jesus. Oh, man. Woo. Okay. Romans 8.15 says this, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves. Oh, praise him. So that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, daughtership as well. Don't worry out there. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Anybody want to say out there, Abba, Father. Abba is, is a word uh, that is used uh, in um, the Greek, I mean, in the uh, Hebrew, as uh, a word that just simply means father. Uh, and uh, we're going to look today uh, at a few of the important aspects about father. We're going to look at an acronym that spells out, really creative here, spells out father. And we're going to see... Like Father, Father God. And uh, we're going to see a little bit about how our views may have been distorted, a little bit of how I've seen God as my Father. And we're going to pray that God will transform us. Oh, my prayer today is that you would understand the Father more, that it would set you free in ways you have never known, and that whatever level you have, you'd be given a greater measure. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We're so grateful that today is the day that you've made. This is not a day that the devil has made. This is not a day that anything or anyone else has made. You, God, have made this day, and it is good. And we ask you today, I ask you, help me to help your people. Help us to have a revelation of the goodness, the grace, and the power of God. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. <laughs> All right. Well, the first part, uh, the F of Father here we're going to look at is that our Father fights for us. Say, fights for us. In 1997, I left uh, Waco, Texas to go and to plant a church. I was leading a team to plant a church in Berlin, Germany. Uh, and uh, I was going out full of faith, full of grace, full of affirmation, ready to make a mark on the world. I'd been planting churches for seven years with Antioch, but this was the first official long-term overseas team that I had led and I was going. And um, as I was going along, though, I didn't see what was coming around the bend. <laughs> what ended up coming around the bend was that I ended up uh, beginning to fall into a heavy clinical depression. And uh, <clears throat> it's very important that we understand um, this was not just uh, having a bad day kind of depression. This was a cloak of darkness that I felt wrapping around me, difficulty breathing, difficulty uh, doing anything. And, uh, you know, it was, as, I'm, uh, as I wrote here, this suffocating cloak of darkness surrounded me, and it eventually drove me to a major breakdown. Uh, 
You know, when I was realizing that I was failing the expectations of myself and failing the expectations of those around me, I began to be suicidal. I began to give up on uh, my faith. And hearkening back to some of the anger and rage that I'd experienced as a young child, I began to get twisted in my mind and thinking that God was actually the source of that anger toward me. He was the source of uh, what was happening in my life and that I had failed him in some way. Anyway, this was not your best day by any means. <laughs> Things got so bad that the leader of our movement, Jimmy Seibert, needed to come over to Germany to pick me up and to bring me back to Texas. Anybody agree that's not a great day for you as a church planter? <laughs> I can laugh now because he's my father. Come on. Well, anyway, uh, my friends uh, brought me back to Texas, and they uh, didn't really know what to do. We hadn't had anyone uh, go through this series of uh, an emotional uh, situation close in our ministry at that time, and I was checked into a uh, psychiatric hospital uh, with no shoelaces. Today, I don't have shoelaces, but that's my choice. <laughs> they didn't take my shoelaces at the door. There, <laughs> there, however... I was on watch. They were standing by my door. <laughs> There's so much I could tell you. I don't make light of the experience, but I praise the Lord. You know, I had a feeling that God had completely left me. And no matter how much my friends attempted to tell me, God is not left you. God is pleased with you. You're not a failure. I was convinced that I had failed. I was convinced that my life was over, and I wanted my life to end. But I'm here to tell you that God held vigil over me. <laughs> When I gave up on me, you see, we give up on us a lot sooner than he gives up on us. So the best illustration that I have of God as my father fighting for me is that in the fog, I was sleeping about 24 hours a day, maybe 23, you know, enough to eat a little something. Uh, and uh, I, I would basically sleep through the sessions. I had nothing in the tank, okay? I don't know if any of you have experienced that. But my parents would come from about 90 miles away to come visit me. Um, I was up in Dallas, and they were living in Waco at the time. And I remember out of the fog and out of the uh, just the confusion of what I was going to, it was almost like life was going on, and I was outside of it <laughs> looking in. But I saw my father in the atrium way. And I saw him pacing, and I saw him weeping, and I saw him crying out to God on my behalf. And I saw a clear picture in my own human father, my faulty at times human father, the heart of my father fighting for me. I'm here today to tell you that your father is fighting for you. He's never going to stop fighting for you. God gives you scriptures in your life that you don't remember <laughs> until the time. But uh, scripture someone had given me when I was first walking with the Lord in college is uh, out of Psalm 73. It says, though my flesh and my heart may fail, <laughs> it's about to get good, God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Let's praise him right now. Why don't you just praise him out there that he's good? All right, well... I don't make light but of, of what I went through, but I'm walking on ground the devil didn't want me to get to. This is holy ground. It's ground that God saw me through too. I don't care how weak I am, I have a powerful God. I don't care how messed up I am, I have a God that is able to take every mess up and turn it into a bless up. It is him. It is his way. Praise his holy name. 
I tell you today that um, God is fighting on your behalf. Okay, repeat that after me. God fights for me. Praise your name, Lord. Another thing God does is he affirms us. God affirms us. My father, interesting, one of the most profound memories that I have about my father was him looking. He was probably about 65 at that time, or maybe 65 to 70. I remember him looking into the casket of his own father. And I remember seeing him weeping and just tears coming down. My father was not, until the end of his life, a really emotional uh, like weepy kind of guy, but I just remember the tears just straining, I mean, just just streaming down his face. And I remember an epiphany came to me that to my knowledge, my father's father never told him that he loved him. My father's father lost his father. My father's father was sent to military school, and then he went to A&M. That's why I'm an, that's why I'm an obnoxious Aggie, because <laughs> the military, <laughs> my grandfather was sent to military school, then went to A&M. My father did, but he did not have the affirmation of a father. You know, I feel in my heart for you today, it breaks my heart for those of you who have not felt affirmed, because you have a father in heaven who's affirming you. You do, you do. Uh, well, anyway... <laughs> So um, I believe many of us, as I said, have been crippled by this lack of affirmation in our lives, maybe more than we realize. Um, Luke 3, 21, 22, let's read this. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love With you, I am well pleased. The father affirmed his son. As a believer in Jesus Christ today, for you, I have good news. The father views you through the lens of the Lord Jesus Christ. He views you in that way. You're not the savior of the earth, but you are a blessed child of the living God. And God is looking over you today and he's saying, this is my beloved child And because they have expressed faith in my son, Jesus, I am well pleased with them. Praise the holy name of Jesus. One thing that I do with my four-year-old daughter, Liv, uh, who absolutely has me wrapped around her finger, I'm going to be the first to admit it, is that we do daily affirmations. And so I'll, I'll sit or, and across from her, and we'll look, and I'll say, okay, Liv, let's do our affirmations. She can do them herself now. But she does these affirmations on a daily basis, or at least a regular basis now. And it goes like this. I am godly. I am godly. I am pretty. I am pretty. I am smart. I am smart. I am fun. I am fun. And the ending, whew, you got to catch this one. I am daddy's girl. I am daddy's girl. You know, I give those affirmations to my, to my daughter. I give that in my, to my sons in a little bit of a different way. But I give that affirmation to my father because I want her to know who she is, but not just from me. I want her to begin hearing that voice from heaven saying over her, you are my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. I've created you. I tell you this, God has an affirmation for you today that would blow you away. If you could see what God's word over your life is, if you could see the way God looks at it, you would be overwhelmed. Say, God affirms me. The next thing that God does is he trains us. 
I'm trying to come up with a fat joke here, you know? Fat right there. But uh, I don't know that I have anything for the faithful, available, teachable. That's one. That's not very fat. Okay. <clears throat> Let's move forward. Let's move quickly. Let's move quickly through this because it's awkward fat up there, you know? Okay. Hebrews 12, 10 and 11. They, speaking of our human fathers, disciplined us for a while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. You know, for many of this in this room, we either lacked discipline in our lives, we had no restraints or very few restraints, uh, or we were disciplined in anger. Uh, you know, uh, I remember as a youngster when uh, I would give my father lip at the table. Anybody ever given a parent lip? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I remember when I give him that, and uh, that uh, just out of the own lack in his own life of a father, out of the own abuse from his own father, I remember, I remember being struck out of his anger in him, and I could, I could even see in him the, the grief in his heart when it happened, that he had anger, and, and this thing had gotten uh, across to me. You know, this had an effect on me. This had a, an, a powerful effect. I don't know what has happened in your life one way or another in regards to a father, but this had a powerful effect, which really struck me during my time of depression, of seeing God as angry and explosive and not understanding why things were happening the way they were. God, however, I'm here to alert you, God is uh, a just God, and that is a foundation stone for us as people. God is not to be toyed with. God is not, um, you know, just a, a big teddy bear up there, but God, our Father, does not have a short fuse. God is patient with us. God is firm with us. He disciplines us in grief and not in anger. You know, as I said, the time of depression I went through, I was convinced God was angry with me. I reverted to that distorted view of God that I'd picked up through my own relationship with my father. I felt as if God was blowing up with me in anger instead of seeing me and receiving me as the father that he really was and forming his character in me. You see, it's interesting enough for everything that I went through in this time of depression, and God led me through to healing through his church and through many others, and he's led me in years through healing the, the thing that I realized there is that God actually used these times to set me free from that which bound me. These, these times, you may say, well, what is hardship? What is discipline from God? It says clearly in the scriptures, endure hardship as discipline. Endure hardship as discipline. I'm not saying that God intended this time for me in my life or whatever else, but I'm telling you whatever happens in your life, the bigger question is not who caused it. Did I cause it? Did the devil cause it? Did somebody else cause it? Did, you know, uh, Uncle Sam cause it? Whoever, I don't know. That's not the biggest question. The, the biggest thing is who is my father? And my father will come and rescue me and train me in this situation. Whatever you have been dealt in life, God has the answer for you to train you, to discipline you, and to bring it about. You know, I've noticed, and you'll notice this in your life, that what seems like cruelty for the moment is often kindness for a lifetime. God 
works in our lives. We get in situations of our own making or somebody else's making, and we think God is literally cruel. I have certainly felt at moments in my life that God is cruel, but I didn't realize that it was actually God fighting for me. We have a cruel enemy, as as, uh, Kendall was speaking last week about the spiritual warfare, but we have a God who is overwhelmingly training us to be his faithful and loving children and mature children. Do you view hardships in your life? Let me ask you a question. Do you view hardships in your life as disapproval from God or distance from God? I know I have, but I'm here to tell you something. Hardships in life are an opportunity for us to enter into a loving discipline, which is bringing about his character in you. I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. I don't care how dark the valley is. God will never leave. He will never forsake you, and he's training you. We get to move on from fat. Okay, he heals us. Everybody say heals. You know, a small, defenseless newborn was born in the spring of 1967 at Baylor University Medical Hospital. He had uh, a severe RH condition with his blood that uh, caused him to be on the verge of death from his very first breath. And uh, uh, the doctors were certainly concerned about this and uh, had performed four blood transfusions upon him. And this was going through but he was still on the verge of death. And there were, you cannot do endless uh, blood transfusions. And so the doctors came to his parents and said, listen, we're going to be doing one more blood transfusion, but your hope is really not even that he would live. He's going to be so damaged by the time, you know. We're, we're just not offering you a lot of hope. They didn't say it in as indelicate of a manner as that. But we're not offering you hope. Um, we're, we're saying this is very serious, and he most likely will not live, and if he does, he will be severely damaged. But you know, uh, those parents gathered together a group of friends to pray, and they called out. Let me say that differently. Jesus, through the parents, gathered a group of people together to pray for this hopeless, in his own way, infant, this hopeless little newborn, this helpless little guy. And he was divinely healed by the power of God. Obviously, that boy was me. You see, my, boy, my God has been healing me from my very first day. <laughs> Isn't that awesome that God sees whatever sickness, whatever pain, whatever damage is coming into your life, and he's already got the plan of healing set for it? <laughs> Praise his holy name. You know, I realized uh, in that that... Uh, <clears throat> um, just as I was helpless physically, and there's no way physically that I could have uh, gotten myself out of this situation, uh, I realized during my time of depression that I was just as hopeless uh, uh, emotionally. And, uh, but uh, the good news in that, that today is Exodus 15, 26, which says, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep his decrees, um, 
I will not bring on you the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Psalm 147.3 says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Praise his holy name. We have a God that is a healer. It's not just so we can be excited about something miraculous happening, which is awesome, but we have a God who through faith expresses love and heals bodies and heals minds and heals spirits and is not satisfied until his people are set free. Your father heals you. I'm here to tell you today with great joy in my heart, God is here today to heal you. E, he entrusts us with good gifts. God, our Father, entrusts us with good gifts. James chapter 1 and verse 17 says this, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. I'm here to tell you that our God entrusts us with wonderful gifts. The reason he doesn't just go nuts and give us everything we ever want all the time is he cannot reinforce our selfishness, right? He has to say no in order to, to train, to discipline, to bring us. But I can tell you that our God is a generous God. Has anybody been to Tijuana and tasted the Mexican food? Tijuana tacos are a sign of the love of the Lord, aren't they? <laughs> think about your taste buds. I mean, think about what a, a wonderful variety and array. Our God is a generous gift giver. Think about the beauty of creation. Think about the ocean that you're near. Think about the mountains. Think about the trees. Think about everything uh, that God has created for us, even thinking, we think a little deeper, the, the amazing uh, beauty of physical intimacy within the context of marriage that God created, as has been said by John Dawson before in his teaching on the Father Heart of God, uh, animals don't experience that. God was being kind and generous to people. Are you convinced that God? See, God is not a kill joy. God is a give joy. That's what he is. God's not here to kill your joy. He's here to save your life and to help you to enjoy. You see, blessings on end without any kind of discipline, without any kind of relationship with God is destruction. <laughs> but having a relationship with God, being disciplined by him, then God says, let me pour it out. Let me pour it out upon my beloved children that they may increase for my glory and my namesake. <clears throat> you know, at the height of my depression, I want to tell you again, I think you can understand how bad it was. I didn't have a wallet. The wallet was taken away. <laughs> I'm sure somewhere along the way in my fog and whatever, somebody was like, get the wallet from Jeff. <laughs> it's funny now. Not as funny then. Whoop, for me. <laughs> but it is really funny. They were like, get the wallet. You know, he, I had no, my life fell apart. I had no ability to do anything. And uh, there were a lot of bills. Anybody ever been sick? Anybody ever been to the doctor? Anybody ever gawked at the fact of how much it cost uh, to be sick around here? <clears throat> Up in Hurrah, as they say. 
I'm going to tell you this, my children, Jude, Jake, Liv, and Lux, I mean, they have no problem asking me for what they want. Jake, man, he will wear me down. That boy will wear me down. We're walking into the store. Dad, I want some gum. Dad, I want some gum. Can I have, Jake, stop. Dad, can I have some gum? Hey, could I please? And he's so cute. I mean, if you know Jake. And then by the time at the end, I'm like, oh, get the gum. Just get the gum, you know. Well, your God, your God wants you to be a little more like Jake. He wants you to say, Father, I have need. As long as you're going for those who do not know Jesus, then God wants to give you everything you need and even things you want. Isn't that interesting? Oh, what a blessed father. He provided. I'm here to tell you that in my time of need, when the bills were piling up, when stuff was not going well, that God provided for me. I never went into debt. I cannot understand how that is. I don't think so. I've checked my credit report. uh, And uh, praise his holy name. God entrusts us with generous gifts, and he takes time for us. Boldly ask God for what you need. The last thing I want to say is that God revels in us. To revel in. Oh, man. Don't get me going. Yes, do get me going. Revel in. That is to enjoy something very much. I'm talking revel means to take great pleasure. If you revel in something, you're not just pleased. You're not even just excited. You are overwhelmed by joy. It means riotous merrymaking. Woo! Come on now. It's a beautiful day. I mean reveling. There are those of you here in this room who do not have a memory of your father delighting in you. Maybe you feel your father loved you. Maybe not. I I don't know but you did not feel delight. And uh, to that, I I would really, truly like to say as one of the fathers in our midst, I'm truly grieved that you did not receive the delight that you deserved from a father. I'm also here to say that you have a father and you have fathers in the Lord who are here to re-delight you, (laughs) to let you be reparented in the family of God and to know that in a precious way. Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 17 says this, the Lord your God is with you. Say he's with me. The mighty warrior who saves, he will take great great delight in you in his love. He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. And as the band comes up, I just want to close with this. (laughs) So my... uh, When we had our firstborn son, Jude, we uh, used to make uh, songs up for him. We had some real classics we made. There was uh, He's My Guy was a real good song we made. He's my guy. He's my guy. He's my sweet, 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 sweet guy. Okay, real good one, right? How about uh, He is my baby Jude. My baby Jude. He is my baby Jude. Uh, Here's one, though, when we had him on the changing table. We were so delighting in this little boy, right? He got some poops. Yeah, he got some poops. Yeah, he got some poops. He got some. Yeah, you guessed it. Do you realize God in heaven is delighting over you? He's delighting over you not because of what you've done. He is delighting over you because you're his, because you were made by him. And he wants you to feel that. God wants to set you free in every way today. It is my prayer that you would hear God's delight in you as his child today. Let's stand, and I want to ask a question. To those of you who do not yet have a relationship with God, I want to encourage you that you can be adopted as a child of the living God today and know him as your father. 
What did it cost God to make us his sons and daughters? The price of his son. He wouldn't hold anything back from loving us. Paul writes in Romans 8, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him for us all, will give us all things. If you're willing today to acknowledge that you're a sinner, if you're willing to turn from that sin and to believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Without shame in this place, is there anyone here you'd say, I, I want to give my life to follow Jesus. I want to come in to know this Father. Well, for the rest of us here today, we need God to reveal himself to us as Father, to heal us from our wounds and bring us to a greater measure of spiritual health. I want to ask our leaders to come forward right now, our prayer team. And you, if God has touched you today, don't be hesitant to come. One of the things my children do is they come to me with their arms up. Little Jakey, little, I mean, little Jakey, he's not so little Mary, uh, little Lux, little Liv, my children, they come to me. And today we need to come simply as children saying, Father, I need you. For some of you here, you've realized today that you have a distorted view of God's character. I want you to come and receive healing today. Specifically, I felt for those affected by divorce, for those needing healing from a broken heart, maybe it's a broken relationship, maybe it's a broken dream and those who'd be set free of self-hatred today. Maybe it's something else God's touched you with. I just want to invite you, just right now, start coming down as the band begins to pray, play. And I want to pray a prayer over you and have our folks come and pray for you. Please come forward today to the mercy and the awaiting arms of your loving God.